Welcome to Death and Aliens, an in-depth look at horror and sci-fi TV from two friends who vaguely know what they're doing. I'm Courtney. And I'm MK. I tried to stretch that out a bit because you picked up your cup as it was your time to speak. I, I don't know what I thought was thinking at all. That was... like, I'm Courtney. <laughs> like, right, I have to talk now. Cool. <laughs> Anyways, how are you? I'm okay. I, you know, like living. I'm living. Um talked on Sunday about how this week was awful and I was injured and nothing worked out the way it was supposed to. But the one thing that I decided I had to do, even though everything was falling apart, was because I'm poor. (laughs) And if I spend money on something, I have a very difficult time not doing it, even if I don't feel well, because I like feel so guilty about having spent money on myself for anything. And so on Thursday, I had purchased tickets to see a comedy show at the Helium Comedy Club. And to be fair, the tickets were like $40 for a reserved seat. So like it wasn't even like an expensive show. Yeah. But I was like, that's $40 I spent that I shouldn't have. So totally. Um, Although to be fair, those $40 kind of got canceled out because... Did I ever, I don't think I ever told you about this. Um, I, one time, like, last summer, saw something online that was like, if you have TikTok, you might be, like, eligible for money in this class action lawsuit. And I see these things online about class action lawsuits all the time, and I never do anything about it. But I was right. like, you know, it's maybe TikTok. I, it's TikTok. I have a TikTok. We'll see. Fuck China. Like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, turns out they won the class action lawsuit, and I got paid thirty dollars for having China steal my information from TikTok. Oh my gosh, you should have told me. I would have liked thirty dollars. I didn't think it was going to actually happen, and I did this in like June, and then I didn't get the money until December. So like, I didn't even realize that that's what it was. And then what happened was I went on Venmo, and my Venmo balance was higher than it was supposed to be, and I was so confused. So I looked in my transactions, and it was like TikTok payout, and I was like, oh. That was real life. Thanks, class. Thanks, class action lawsuit. Um, So then when I got the tweet today about how um, there's a class action lawsuit against Celsius, we all know how I feel about Celsius. I was like, well, we should probably fill that one up too. But I don't think I have any receipts that prove that I bought it. And I think Mm -hmm. that I need that for this one. Like TikTok, it's easy to prove that you have it. Never? What's that? Did you buy it at Walgreens? No. Mm. I did buy, I do buy them from Rite Aid though, and I have my Rite Aid account, so they might still be on there. I bet they're on there. All my Walgreens receipts are godsends. Okay. That might be on my to do list in the next week is figure out if I can get money from <laughs> I just, I bought like, one uh, That is like the most 30 something white girl thing about me is that if there's a class action lawsuit, I will absolutely join it. <laughs> yes. And, uh, Maybe we'll become millionaires from it. Perfect. Um, but so the comedy show that I went to was for none other than Mr. Wine About It Wednesday, Unhappy Hour podcast himself, Matt Balasai. Love. I love him. I love him. It was amazing. 
He literally, like, first of all, he started by talking about how somebody warned him not to say anything about the Bills. So, like, thank God he's gay and doesn't know what football is. Like, <laughs> bless his heart. Um, and then he was making fun of the fact that Buffalo says their city smells like Cheerios. And he was like, yeah, you're so proud of smelling like the fucking worst cereal. <laughs> like, I love a Cheerio. Don't like <sighs> my Cheerios. Right. Um, but no, it was great. He was just, um, he was everything that you see online, but like more human, like the number of times that he would start to say something and then just start laughing. Cause he was like, this is going to go so badly. Like he just, like, it was fantastic. Um, uh, I, he did my favorite part about the whole thing was the time that he read his hate letter to a macaw. To a macaw? Yeah, the bird. The bird. Right. Macaw. Yeah. So what happened was um, he worked at NACA, which, you know, NACA is. It's oh, oh. it's the National Alliance for, like, college entertainment. Something. It's, like, it's where all the people audition to be the ones that get picked to sing at colleges, basically. Okay. And so he was, like, hosting that. And there was a magician. And... Um, the power went out during the magician's act um, because he went over his time, so they cut the power on him, but the last thing he had done before they cut the power was turn something into a bird. And then the bird freaked out and flew around the audience. <laughs> so Matt, who was hosting this portion, had to like calm the audience down and coax the bird back on stage, and um, he doesn't like birds to begin with. So his therapist told him to write a letter about his feelings. And then he read it. I love that. And I am a bird person, but I can appreciate the things that people do not like about birds. Yes, correct. And it, I cried. I cried. I was laughing so hard. Um, there was also the... Um, there were two openers and one was a teacher and she was just like talking about how every teacher has a child named Jackson who has ruined their life um I do in fact have a child named Jackson who ruins my life um I love him he's a great kid but some days so um that was amazing and then there was another <laughs> the opener um the opener was definitely like the newest and she was like super awkward and like you could tell she was like struggling with how many people were there but she started with um a joke where because her name is like katarina something very long and russian sounding also but then she's mixed so she gets up on stage and she's like yeah i know you guys all heard that name and expected it to be a white girl um no, my mom was not weirdly obsessed with Eastern Europe. Um, I'm trans, so I did it to myself. <laughs> oh, Dead. bless her heart. Dad, so she was fantastic also. And it was just, it was great. It was the the only bright spot of a horrible week. You know, I get it. It's fine. I'm glad you had one. Yes. It's good to have one. Right. What about you? How are you? You know, I'm tired. 
still. Um, I recorded, then worked. Now I'm recording again. Then I'm going to a show and going to a meeting. So like, there's that didn't include a lot of sleep time. Um, I did finish Nancy Drew last night because I had like 30 minutes of the episode left. I was like, I will finish this before I go to sleep or I will murder. Absolutely. Incredible. Ready for season four. Um, But Wednesday, which is the day or the TV show, the day. Okay. Because we talked about the TV show yesterday. Great question. Wednesday, a week before this comes out, I am going to Kansas City, which I've never been. Nice. um, For a conference. So I've been prepping and looking for artists and A&R managing, et cetera. Et cetera, yeah. Um, But... We leave. I'm very excited about it. I'm very tired already. Um, but I'll have my own hotel room. So I'm going to bring my laptop because I don't leave home without that when I leave, like to leave the state. Um, yeah. And then I'm going to work on, like, hopefully my agency stuff. Nice. My life together, not work but one job for five days, even if it's over the weekend. Um, but at least I it's love just- that. A week before this comes out, you're going to Kansas City. A week after this comes out, I'm going to LA. Yes. I've never never been there either. It's very, it's a very exciting, February February is a very exciting month for us. I did a very uh, roundabout trip to LA for, I think I was there for like three days, but it was fun. I enjoyed it. Got there like super, super late at night, like middle overnight, Thursday night. And I'm there Friday, Saturday, Sunday most of Monday because then I get back like after midnight on Monday so I'm there like three and a half days yeah yeah I think we got there Friday night we're supposed to get there Friday afternoon and we broke down in Flagstaff and so we didn't get there till Friday and then we were there Friday Saturday Sunday no Friday Saturday night we were there and then we left super early Sunday and I was supposed to be back in class on Monday morning and I went to sleep instead so, yeah, I think I land there 1 a.m. Friday morning, and I land oh, and then I know I got back to Buffalo at, like, midnight Monday night, but I leave L.A., oh, at noon. Mm. Okay, so, yeah, I'm really not there. I'm there three days also, but so we're going to have to double up our uh, recording again. That week. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking. I was thinking about that. I was like, "Oh, that's right. I'm gone on a Monday." On a Monday. All right, we'll figure it out. We'll do it. We're good at. We're great. We're great. We're great. You know what else we're good at? Being spiritual. We're good at being spiritual. And I think. I think that this week, after everything that we have been through in the last two weeks, and everything we're about to go through in the next two weeks. This is a very, very great one. Um, I am more than worthy. I'm a fucking warrior woman. Yes. Yes. Correct. Love it. Yes. I need to remember that every day of my life forever. Yeah. All right. I am not going to rush through this like a lunatic. Probably. So this is your warning if I do. (laughs) Fantastic. Um, we have roughly 40 minutes before I have to leave. 
and we've got this. We got it. It'll be great. Welcome to Bates Mattel, Season 5, Episode 3, entitled Bad Blood. A lot. I just started singing. Yeah, I just started singing Taylor Swift in my head. It's fine. Yes. Oh, all's well. All's well. It's fine. It aired March 6th of... All is well is another (laughs) Another. We can't get away. We can't get away. It aired March 6th, 2017. It was rated 8.3 out of 10. Uh, Number one song was still Shape of You. Mm -hmm. The number one movie was Kong Skull Island, which I never watched. I never watched either, but the ride at Universal was pretty great. Never rode the ride either. Don't think I've been to Universal since it came out, now that you say that. Weirdly, the Skull Island ride actually opened before the movie. Mm. Um, because I I think because I remember them working on it and it opened like the summer that I worked there, but then I didn't go on it until um the summer of 2021, that day that I went to Universal by myself. So the last time I was at Universal was like 2010. Mm, okay, cool. No, I've been <laughs> little before yeah 2016 is when the ride opened so like only like four months before the movie came out not like a year right 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 or like years yeah great um number one book is heartbreak hotel by jonathan kellerman it's one i've heard of but never read so hope it's good on this day weird things happened um wikileaks announced the made the cia announcement about vault seven um it is i meant to look up a specific date my apologies give me 30 seconds because um yes so in on this day david crosby was held at a police station because they found a handgun and weed in his bag that he left at a hotel in new york and huh Crosby? Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Uh, okay, cool. And he just passed away on the 18th. Oh. He was also a co-founder of the Birds, which... Um, oh, right, 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 right. No, I knew that because... And then when he passed away, they were talking about the Birds, and then I was thinking about the Birds song in Hemlock Grove. That is a... Remember, there's one scene in Hemlock Grove where, uh, in season one, where the she's talking about the proverbs and he's talking about the birds. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. that's one of our songs. Yeah. So yeah. That's <laughs> very familiar. Um, cool. It's so sad news. Um, and then, but it is a couple of famous people's birthdays. A lot, actually, but I picked two. Um, Shaquille O'Neal, one of my faves, and Harriet Tubman. Love it. Fantastic. So, there were a lot of others. They looked like they were children that I didn't know who they were, like YouTube stars or something. So I obviously mm-hmm. didn't pick them because yeah. I don't care. Um, but our director is returning from last week, Sarah Boyd. So we've spoken yeah. about her. Mm-hmm. Um, the writers are the same, uh, not from last week, but like our typical writers. And then Tom Schneegjorgi, who I think we've spoken about before. But I couldn't figure out if he wrote on another episode. Mm. And so I think we talked about it before. Um, he was also a producer for the show. Okay. And um, he's known for Drive the Mentalist and Lie to Me. 
Okay. No, that sounds like somebody we've talked about before. Right, I, right. So I didn't like yeah. deep dive. I just did a... Right, but we definitely have talked about those shows in particular in that combination before. Right. That's what I was thinking, too. So the character that I picked to speak about didn't actually show up in this episode, but Uh-oh. he was credited in this episode still. Weird. Um, Austin Nichols, who plays Sam Loomis. And this was a weird trivia fact because guest stars usually don't show up in the credits unless they're in the episode. Okay. So this weird one-off. It was titled Crazy Credits in the <laughs> trivia section. Um, weird. Okay. Because, like, if Freddie Highmore wasn't in the episode, they'd still probably, like, mention him in the credits. Yeah. Like, they're not going to mention like the girl who plays Madeline Loomis, you know? So situational, but we know him. We love him. Some things he's quote unquote known for are day after tomorrow, glory road, the walking dead and John from Cincinnati. The thing that actually everyone knows him from is one tree. One tree hill. Julian Baker. Yes. Well, that's that's why literally, because we talked about this on the podcast, that the first episode, I literally, I never checked, but I paused it. It's like, oh, mom, I know that guy. Yeah. And I was like, oh, because it's Julian Baker, obviously. I didn't even watch all of One Tree Hill. Like, I've probably seen, like, three seasons total, like, spread out, and I knew who he was. So, like, you know. Yeah. yeah and yeah. fun fact about him, his favorite singer is Bob Dylan. I love that. I think I knew that, actually. I I didn't, but <laughs> I also don't know everything about him. So there's that. Yeah. I, uh, here we go. We uh, start this episode with Caleb not being dead, which was a real uh, plot twist. Because you didn't think he was dead, but I thought he was dead. I, yeah, I did not think he was dead. I thought he was super dead. And he wakes up and he's talking to Norman as Norma. And he's trying to, like, create a humanity, like, bring back that she cares about him so, you know, he doesn't die. And uh, he tells her finally about Dylan and Emma. I was so mad about that. I was like, Caleb, why would you tell him that? Because now he's going to go and mess things up. They're not going to have a life in the sun anymore. I know. That's all they wanted. And um, so Norma, Norman says that they're going to figure out what to do with Caleb. And we go to the credits. And God bless. We go to Chick and he's just hanging out. Just like super chilling. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm concerned he can actually trust Chick. Like, it's been too long that Chick hasn't turned him in. I understand Um, ulterior motives, but like... Well, I was like... I literally, my note says, always placate the crazy to stay alive. I mean, always. yeah, like, don't stay there. Like, get out the first chance you get. But to be fair, I think Chick is staying there to make sure Caleb doesn't die. Like, okay, so that's what I thought at first. <laughs> and then the more things went along, I was like, he doesn't seem to be helping Caleb. He's already said he's not going to step in. <laughs> He isn't helping Caleb, but I do think that, like, he would not, like, necessarily, like, I don't know. He's not help. It's one of those, like, I'm not helping, but if things, like, reach that level, I, I might step in. You know what I mean? 
I get what you're saying. Because he, he also doesn't like Caleb. He doesn't want Caleb to, like, ha- have a good time. Well, yeah. Also- but, like, I don't know that he would stop Norman from killing Caleb. Okay. I don't, I don't know. I don't know either. Like, I don't, and well, I don't never, know. But, yeah, I was like, now, now we don't really get to know that answer. But, but. Yeah, so he asked to stay over, and that's weird. Um, but fine. And then we go to the prison. And Alex is getting moved to a new place, as we've discussed. And he gets away with so much. Because, first of all, he was an ex-cop, and his charge is perjury. Not something like... Right, like, it's not like he's, like, giving, like, coke to children. Right, right, He's not, like, giving coke to children. He's not, like, murdering people. I mean, he is, but they don't know that. But, like, his charge was for perjury. And they're just, like, that was just a stupid charge that, like... Which, I mean, like... Especially because, like, like he said, it was, like, a trumped-up charge. Because we've also talked about the fact on the podcast that what he did was technically not perjury. Like... It was yeah. a crime. It wasn't perjury. So, like, he's he's in jail because somebody had to take the fall for some shit. That's really what he's it was in jail like, for. Crime that, like, he was even related to was money laundering. Right. And so, like, it's not like any of the things he did. Like, other people are just like, well, you don't need to, like, suffer for the rest of your life for this. And it's only a five-year charge. Like, it's super fast. So, he's getting away with a lot. So, the other yeah loves them. And they're going to be besties. Um, while he's moving him to his new jail. And um, we go to Norman. And we we start having this new scene that comes up where Norma wakes him up every day um, after his blackouts. And, like, tells him the information he needs to know, but not all, all of, of the information. <laughs> right. And she tells him to stay in bed and stay out of the basement. And I was like, first of all, like, that's very sketchy. Like, I understand that correct but like i would immediately want to go to the basement i know and would listen to norma so like right but like the thing that because we talked a lot last week about the um the weirdness of what he is aware of and what he isn't aware of anymore but like the fact that he was aware of enough to warn himself not to go in the basement Mm -hmm. but also had no memory of chick being there yeah, that was fucking weird to me. I was like, what? What? Yeah. Yeah. What? Because he just remembers what he has to remember. And um also Norma says she's gonna bring him breakfast. And as soon as she disappears, Chick shows up with breakfast. So he's like created his own narrative, which is yeah. like so being more more succinct, I guess. Like it's not there's a lot of less missing pieces. He's, like, creating this storyline, and it's all lining up really well, which is weird. Um, me the egg. Yep. And uh, so he panics, obviously, that Chick is there. And um, Chick tells him that he knows about Norma. It's no problem. He's like, I talked to her last night. She totally said I could stay here. Like, I'm going to help you guys out. All it's okay. Yeah. And, um he's just like he's being so creepily helpful and like that's that's so when i when i started watching this i had forgotten that i was already sure he was writing a book right because like that thing happened last week that i was like oh he's definitely writing a book about him and then because that scene was so small and then the whole caleb thing like 
overtook it and then the end of the episode was bananas by the time i started watching this episode which was only an hour later yeah. i had forgotten yeah. that fact yeah and i was like chick might just be the best person on the show because like the way he was talking to norman like obviously he has ulterior motives but like the things that he was saying to him and the way that he's taking care of him is like despite his ulterior motives one of the most like genuinely like compassionate how to deal with people and so chick is probably a sociopath right my thought was similar was that he's manipulative and probably the smartest person on the show for sure like not and that's not a good thing like because of his sociopathic tendencies but that is my thought about him as well, is that he's definitely like, the he's, smartest person on the show. I was like, he is the only person with a heart. And then I was like, but he, he also isn't. And that is terrifying. Doesn't have a heart. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then we go to the gas station, which is a very obvious scene before it happens. I literally, my note was like, okay, so obviously Alex is going to escape. Like, Right, right, right. So um, he does. He gets, he goes to the bathroom. He's become besties with his officer. And then he just, like, tackles him against the wall. And he, like, takes his gun. He gets the cuffs off. And he, like... He takes his jacket so that his the you're not seeing the inmate jacket. Like, he knows what he's fucking doing. Exactly. He planned it all out. And then um, he runs outside. He grabs something out of the car. I thought he was taking the police car. But obviously, it makes more sense to not take the police car. Because I'll find you. But, yeah. um... So he takes a package out of the car and then he threatens this guy to drive him away. Yeah. And um, this poor guy, he's so scared. And so then scared. we learn that the package he got out of the car has Norma's ring in it. Oh, that just makes me want to throw up. I know. Like, because it's so sad that that yeah. is the only thing in the world he cares about is this cuckoo oh, broad. Yeah. He has nothing left. I know. But his vengeance against Norman. That is, like, a very, very strong motive to stay alive at this point. I mean, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, it's just sad that that's all there is. Right. Um, and then we go to a flashback of Norma and Caleb. And it's another scene where you see they're the only two people that can, like, take care of each other. And it's, like, it's sad. And... It's also, it's sad, but then this morning I was on TikTok and I saw a video that this girl was like, um, if your children fight with their siblings a lot, it means that they feel safe with you. Because if children yeah. don't feel safe with their parents, they like bond together with their siblings in a way. So if your children aren't fighting, you need to like look at what they're afraid of. If they are fighting, you're doing a good job as long as they're not like a killing each other obviously but like yeah. that but so i was thinking about like how much me and my siblings like my, my siblings are my best friends but also like we right like, there were times where we probably almost killed each other yeah but so i literally when she said that my immediate the picture in my head was this scene and this moment of them sitting there together because they had nothing else and i was like ooh, that is i didn't even think about it like that but that is so true and that is so that makes it so much sadder yeah um and but also in that scene in the flashback what has her their dad is saying when he's yelling at her is that she didn't take her medicine and i was like that is triggering because that this whole fucking family is genetically that shit 
Yes, yes, of course. Which we, you know, we knew because he also like burned her with an iron and, you know, did all this other crazy stuff. So like, right. No one was good in that family. No, but like being being abusive and angry and bad is different than being like mentally ill. Actually, mentally ill. Not not to say that somebody couldn't be mentally ill and be abusive. Right, of course. And that there's like all kinds of ideas of like what anger is, but like having um, a type of mental illness that requires medication and you lose your mind if you don't take your medication is not necessarily the exact same situation. And I was like, oh, oh, no, no, no. Like, this was always coming. Great. Yeah. Yeah, it's really sad. Um, And then Caleb wakes up and he is, you can tell that like, which I think is one of the scenes they did really well, is you see him go through this like flashback and like not really be sure what's happening when he wakes up and it's like i mean he had a head wound like yes this is not just caleb's and locked in a basement like so you're seeing the result of his head wound on top of him being malnourished on top of him being insanely stressed out on top of like yeah and like and i thought that like that was portrayed really well through when we Mm -hmm. see through caleb's yeah um but he wakes up to chick and this is the part I was referring to earlier when Chick's like, um, this is between you and Norman. I can't do anything about it. And it's like, Norman's crazy, which is exactly what Caleb said. Caleb's like, Norman's crazy. He just says, Norman's insane. Did you notice? And I was like, exactly, Chick. Did you notice? Did you notice? <sighs> but uh, he's just like, nope, I can't do anything about it. This is a you guys problem. I'll make sure you have some food. And it's like, that's not good enough. Like, Right. But that's why that's why I think that like it's more of a I don't know, like a laissez faire approach. Like I'm only gonna step in if shit gets bad enough that I need to. Yeah. Which is not which is oh no, it makes him a terrible person for sure. I just don't know that he would necessarily actually let him get away with killing him. Well also I feel like we're there. I feel like that's the next step is Norman's gonna kill him. Like I don't feel like there's a lot of in between left. And, uh, yeah. So, and I think that Chick is smart enough to know that. So that's my problem: is if he was a less smart person, because then he's maybe we not a smart person, right? I, I that's, think that's not. fair. And if he was not smart, then I would say, yeah, he's trying to stay alive. It's you know animal instincts at this point. You do what you have to do to stay alive and make sure everyone else is okay and not step yeah. in. Yeah. But he's smart. He knows what's coming. Like, so anyways, that's what I think. And then (laughs) we go to Alex, who is pulled over on the side of the road um, with this guy, Jason. That's his name. And he goes into the immediate thing they always teach you to do when you're with, like, a serial killer. And he's like, I have a family. I have kids. I have a wife. I have this. Like, please don't kill me. And Alex is like, dude, I don't want to kill you. I just need space. Like, like I don't want this to happen either. (laughs) I was like, I was like, like, even when literally escaping federal prison, Alex doesn't want to hurt people. He's only doing what he has to do to survive. Yeah. And like, even though he's like killed people, it's never been, it's always been a self-survival or like a. Or protecting somebody else. Like, he killed Bob because Bob was going to hurt everyone he cared about. Right. He killed, was it a Marcus? Because he was trying to, like, oust him and kill him. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. He literally got physically attacked before he killed Marcus. Right. So, like, 
these are all things that made sense. Well, not maybe morally right. <laughs> they at least made sense. Yeah, like because even even the first guy that we see him kill, like in that second season, it was to protect Norma. Right. It was the other sheriff guy. The the guy who ran no the guy who ran the the sex ring with Zach who came back into town. Oh yeah 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 I forgot about him, but yes, um, yeah. So he tells Jason he needs some space. He's gonna like be on his way, and that's what he does. Yep. And um, we go back to Caleb, and Chick's feeding him, and he starts talking about. So this is a scene that I'm not sure was a plot issue because he's talking about when Norma left and he's talking about like his childhood. And then he's talking about chicks like, well, did you guys stay in touch? And he's like, yeah, he's like, I knew when Dylan was born and I knew when Norman was born. And I'm like, but when he saw like, and he's like acted like he knew Dylan was his son, but the first time he met Dylan seemed like the first time he recognized that he was his son, that he had a child with Norma. I don't think he, when, I don't think when Norma told him that Dylan was born, I don't think Norma told him that it was his son because he knew that she ran away with the guy from high school, the guy who everybody believed to be Dylan's dad. So I think it's fair that Norma let him know that she had a kid because she ran away pregnant, but that it was never connected Mm, until he saw in his brain until he saw dylan that the kid from high school wasn't just the dad right that's what i I don't i don't think that was a plot issue i think that was just a a wording issue got it got it that and that makes sense that's why i wasn't sure i was like i was like i'm not 100 percent sure that this is an issue but it just sounds a little yeah it just it just the way he was talking and crying and the note the information that we have confused things but I, I don't think it was a plot issue yeah okay good to know good to know i agree um and so he's talking about this and it's so sad and he and we see that he did have more of a relationship with norma than we ever knew about yeah we didn't realize she was still keeping in touch with him as much because, as she was because she is a liar and a crazy person well yeah but it's everyone's crazy and a liar in this show so like yeah but she's like extra i mean she is that's fair um but now she's dead so i'm giving her a little more grace yeah i mean i understand that that's what you're doing but that's not (laughs) i mean if you're comparing her to norman in terms of who's a better person then sure she is but like if you're comparing her to i don't know literally anyone else alive (laughs) maybe there's some bad people alive did you see sam loomis did you see Sam? Sam hasn't murdered people. I don't know that. I, I think pretty There's pretty no strong to... one. There's no proof, but he doesn't. He seems like a scumbag, not a murderer. I don't know. Could be both. Maybe. I guess Maybe. we'll find out. But uh, we probably won't ever find out. I'm just going to believe he's killed people. Okay, you do that for your own well-being, but yeah. I don't think he has. It's fine. Agree to disagree. Um, so then we go back to a brief scene with Alex where he is getting rid of the car and he's just like too good at this like it's clear he's been planning this out and I mean he's always been good on his feet anyways yeah so like not surprised even if he did come up with this last minute 
Oh, I for sure think he could have just like all done all of that on the spot and like still done it that well. I agree. I agree. Um, but it does seem like they were trying to portray that he's been planning this for ages. Um, yeah. And then we go back to Norman and Chick. And I put, oh, good for Chick being around Norman and Norma. He's just like decided to be the caretaker now. Yeah. He's cooking for them and he's having dinner with the two of them. And it's like, that is the weirdest thing. Like, that's what I would do if someone kidnapped me and they had an alter, like in Split. Let's, let's go to the movie Split and say, that guy and one of his alternative personalities were trying to have dinner together with me. I would sit there and do whatever they said, but yeah. it's because I would be kidnapped. This guy voluntarily came into this family and I get that now he's using it for his story because he's not actually in danger right now. Right. And he's fully, but like, that's why you see him pull that voice recorder out under the table yeah. and you're like, dude, the fuck is happening? He's so messed up. And, ugh. But we learned that he learned to cook in Taiwan, which is a very random fact. Um, but also it does explain like the weirdly like wearing kimonos all the time and making right. like fucking weird art and living alone in the woods. Like it, it checks out. Didn't no, surprise me. So it's just strange. Not what I would have expected. I don't I don't know what to think about him anymore. <sighs> I don't so, have good thoughts about him, we'll say. Not pleasant memories of him. Um, then we go to Madeline and Norman. Oh my god. Madeline just shows up because she's a moron. And literally, my note just says, you poor, sweet, stupid woman. Of course. She brings cookies. Yes, why not? And Chick's like hanging out, fixing the house. And Norman comes out because he's watching her come up the driveway because he's in. Of course, he is. And she's like, he's like, let's go talk by the hotel. And they're talking, and she basically just tells him, she's like, I just wanted to have dinner with you. I'm sorry, the rest of this didn't work out. I was like, yes, everyone knew this. Everyone involved. And he, she's like telling him how she feels about Sam and this and that and her marriage. And then he's like, he's, she's like, I don't know why I'm telling you all this. He said, you know, it's safe to tell me. And I'm like, no, Norman. No, it's not. It's not. Absolutely not. You are incorrect. But she's and, like, you're right. You're right. I'm like, no. And she, was like, and she was like, I just need a friend. I was like, you need Norman in your life. Like you need a fucking hole in the head. Yes, absolutely. This has never worked out before him and except Emma. And it's because she got to Dylan and escaped. Yes. That is the only reason she ever worked out. And I'm sure that's not going to go well in the future. But I worry. I so worry far, she's that. okay. Um, so she tells her that she reminds him of Norma. Which, like, yeah, we all knew that. He's like, you remind me of someone I loved very, very much. And she's like, who? And he's like, my mother. She immediately does exactly what I would do. Is that a good thing? Yeah. I don't. don't... Right. No, that is not a good thing. But. But he says it's a great thing. I know. And then he wants to go take a walk in the woods. And I was like, this is like, what are we doing here? What is happening? 
I said, don't, you don't walk in the woods with a psycho. What are we, why is this? Never, never walk in the woods with someone who you don't know their social security number. I mean. Okay, maybe that's a little extreme, but. A little extreme. Because, like, I would walk in the woods with my mom. Uh, maybe not my mom. She sometimes makes crazy decisions. But, like, my dad, and I don't know his social security number. Okay, fair. But you at least know that you could get his social security number if you needed it. And I have had it before. Right. <laughs> It's just not ingrained in my... Exactly. <laughs> yeah. If you don't know where their passport is, don't walk in the woods with them. That's a bad... Fair. Like, you don't have to know the well, number. You just have know to know where, where their passport is, too. Because I had to help Rachel find her passport over the phone when we went on our cruise. And I would absolutely walk in the woods with her, but she also didn't know where her passport was. So, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, but then the, that begs the question of, would she get you lost in the woods? Then would you want to walk in the oh, woods? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. She's not leading me in the woods. <laughs> I would just walk with her in woods. Like, blanket statement. Fair. Fair. Because, like, if they don't know where their passport is, can they be trusted in the woods? No, no, no. No. I mean, I also don't know where my birth certificate is. It's somewhere in my apartment. Can't find it. She had to get me a new one before I went on the cruise. But right. um, I knew that. But, like, I'm much better at directions than she is. Like, it's wild. It's wild. Um, but yeah, so we're going in the woods with a psychopath. And then we go back to Caleb, who has cut himself loose. I said good for him. And he started seeing Norma. So he started seeing hallucinations, too. I was like, oh, he's a fucking crazy person. I never okay. thought it was a crazy thing. I thought it was a grief trauma Oh, see, I just immediately assumed he was a crazy person because everyone in this family is a crazy person. But oh. then I figured out it was a dream and I was like, oh, okay, good. We're, we're good. We figure out he's- it's a dream and he's actually seeing. Yeah. Like, real bummer. Real bummer. Um, And then Norman hears him banging on the ceiling and learns about Caleb's existence. Because apparently up until this point, he had no idea Caleb was there. Right. Great. And um, so Norman goes down to talk to him. And before he gets to the bottom of the stairs, he's Norma. When he was freaking out um, and that Caleb was downstairs, he couldn't find Norma in the house. And I was like, is this like a weird thing where he's got like, for the first time, he's got like an actual stress level and now he can't find her? And I was like, what's going to happen? And then they did the transition as he walked from the stairs. I was like, oh, no, he can't find her because he's blacking out again. Got it. Yes. And he does such an excellent job at her mannerisms. When he was sitting on the stairs as Norma, I was like, that is spot on. Mm-hmm. Like, incredible. And he is talking to Caleb and they're talking yada yada about everything. And finally... Norman Norman tells Caleb it would never work out between them because they're both in love with her. He was like, you, yeah, you just have to let me like be, let me and Norman deal with this. And she was like, but you're both in love with me. And he was like, he's your son. And she goes, and you are my brother. And I was like, oh, wow. That was like painful because it was like, she's crazy. But like, that is like, ooh, ooh, ooh. on, Yeah. Wild. Um, 
And then she ends it by saying, I'm sorry, Norman will probably have to kill you. And I was like, that's not great. But that's okay. not great at all. I'm not really a fan of that statement. Yeah, not not great. So, but, uh, but the thing that made that part even more sad for me was that he was just like, okay. Like, he doesn't even care about dying anymore at this point because he's just so fucking tired. I, yes, that was tragic like he's just he's ready hey, we go to alex who is i was like where is he gone i don't recognize any of these places no we don't because it's a random house that he stopped at to, to get another car to get another car and then a girl pops out of the house and confronts him and then shoots him and it was clearly she didn't mean to like she got the gun to protect herself like because somebody was breaking into their house but she was like a teenager and she like didn't actually mean to shoot him and then she did and she was like oh shit what did i do and i was like if after everything that has happened on the show in the last four and a half years this is how he dies i'm gonna fucking riot i lost my fucking shit i had the same reaction I was, I was like, like, are you kidding me? I was like, after everything, everything, like, I know he's not going to succeed in killing Norman. I get it. I know what we're in for. Right. But if after everything, he doesn't even get back to try and he just dies at a fucking farm in the middle of nowhere. My prediction is that he's not dead and he gets to Norman but he gets to Norman when Dylan's already there and Dylan kills him to protect Norman in the end. I hate that. I also hate it, but I think it's viable. See, it just I don't know though, because I still think that Norman's going to kill Emma and I can't imagine Dylan protecting Norman I, after that. I think he's going to kill Emma later. Mm, okay. I think Dylan's going to kill um Romero oh. first and then he's gonna regret it because he protected Norman and Norman and then, uh, mm, okay that's, that's the progression I think is gonna take place that's that's fair fair that's how I would write it <laughs> if I was writing this um so then we go back to chick who finds Norman passed out downstairs holding hands with Caleb <sighs> and then this is where he goes to the store to get his typewriter fixed, and we officially learn that he's, he's taking recordings yes. to write this true crime book about Norman. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go back to Norman, who is not at all concerned that he keeps just waking up in bed with no memory. He's just like, oh, it happened again. I'm like, this is a big deal, Norman. Like, yeah. crazy things are happening. I think it's, it's just got, it's like, remember, it's that whole thing of like the, the, no idea like which it's which side is winning the sane or the crazy and like does he even have the energy to keep track of it anymore right right um yeah so then norma is there and tells him that he has to kill caleb because she can't and so this is the first time norman's tried to kill as norman mm -hmm. and he gets down to the basement and he can't do it and he lets caleb go I was so happy in that moment 
because I also, I knew that it was going to cause there to be another break and then the him and Norman, the Norma Norman parts of him like fighting. And I knew it was going to add to the thing that I said last week about the split in their Mm -hmm. relationship. But I also like needed that moment. Like I needed there to be some human left in Norman, I think, Mm -hmm. because we're, I get that like, we're not team Norman. Like that's not even a right, right, right. question. But for me to watch another seven episodes of the show, there has to be some part of him left for me to even care. But also like, out. the problem with it being Caleb specific is that Norma also can't kill Caleb. Right. So it's both halves of him. No one is capable of doing this. And, and, it's, the fir- and it's the first time that one that because like with um what's her name bradley norman loved bradley but he knew his mom didn't and killed has been someone his mom would have killed right so now he's gotten to the point where someone has to die and it's not someone his mom would kill so then that also brings up the like because he keeps having this fight with Norma in his head about whether she still likes Alex or not. So, like, if Alex comes back, is how is he actually going to be able to handle that? Um, if Alan, I don't think he's going to be the one to kill Alex. But that's also, like, the Emma and Dylan situation. I don't think they're both going to make it out alive. But can Norman actually do that? Because Norma wouldn't hurt either of them. Like, I think Norman would, though. <laughs> I think Norman would kill Emma because I think in the end... He's going to have felt betrayed by her because she went off with Dylan. And I know he says it's not that, but I think the Norman side is going to kill Emma. Well, but that's, but that's the thing is like, we've never seen the Norman side be able to do that, have the stomach to do that or the heart to do that. And so like this, this moment of the, is like him not being able to, even though Norma Norman like before like season three Norman before he starts having these mental breaks he would have gladly shot Caleb but he can't he doesn't have the stomach to hurt anyone but I think that's why Norman and Norma doesn't hate him so she like and that 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 split that inability to use her to hurt someone means that these other people that may have to die that she wouldn't hurt how is he going to get over that like and that is it's fascinating i agree and i think that's why as a writer i would i would choose emma to be the one that he overcame with because she's the she started out as the least likely but she's also been the closest one to him out of the rest of them and i think like next episode he could walk up to her and shoot her but i think there's gonna be something in play that's gonna make that outcome i don't yeah i don't know and i just i just don't know how i don't i don't think that you're wrong i just don't know how someone could write that and have me believe it and so i'm i'm fascinated i think it would have to be really well done because i agree it needs to be very fleshed out because i don't i don't believe like i don't currently believe like no, if next absolutely. episode if next episode something were to happen to her i do not believe that he is capable and so no. i'm now curious to see how they make this progression unless like, one of his hallucinations is seeing her as her mom interesting that could be a thought because like 
him killing Marion because Sam is cheating on Madeline and he loves Madeline. There's zero of me, part of me that doesn't understand why that would happen. Well, also, like, you know what I mean? Like he's not going to kill Marion. Cause she makes it to the psycho movie. No, no, no. But I know, but like eventually I'm saying like yeah, yeah, yeah. that, that progression, like getting from where we are now to him killing Marion, even though they've done the backstory slightly different than the movie. Yeah. Um, I believe that. Right, him right. him killing someone like Sam, him killing someone like Alex. I believe, I don't believe that he, I mean, the thing with Alex is that that's going to be the trickiest one to overcome the normal yeah. feelings. That's going right. to be, so I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. But unfortunately, this is not the end of the episode because he lets Caleb go. Chick is driving home and reading his text message from Norman. And hits Caleb in the middle of the street. And this and is why we don't text and drive, people. Yes. And I believe that that's the end of Caleb. Oh, no, for sure. I no part of me would thought he survived that. Yeah. So um, he, is, he is dead as a doornail. That's, that's that. Um, who do you want to punch in the face? Yes, Norman. Fair. I don't know. It's hard this episode because, like, I feel like everybody's fucked up, but also nobody it did anything super egregious because they're all just kind of like living. Right, right, right. I, I mean, I'm gonna pick Chick because I think he's atrocious for following them around and writing this story when he should be protecting people. But, like, also, should he be protecting people for anything other than we believe that that's the moral thing to do? Like, what if his moral compass doesn't say that? I don't know. That's hard. I don't care what his moral compass says. My moral compass is the reason I'm punching him in the face. So, <laughs> that's where I line things up. Um, who is your MVP? That... Alex, which is unsurprising most of the time, but yeah, Alex, purely for the fact that despite the fact that he is living on nothing but water and vengeance, and he um, is trying to do something horrible, he doesn't want anyone else who it doesn't have to get hurt to get hurt. And he's doing this in the smartest, most careful way he can to not hurt anyone. Correct. Um, yeah, that's exactly what I would have said. So I um, um I will pick literally no one. Um I guess I'll pick the woman cop because she didn't buy into the bullshit. Fair enough. Um, everyone else sucks. Yeah. So, <laughs> I think that is a that is my answer. Do you have any um further predictions? Than what no, we I think I kind of we kind of went deep into our thoughts about the future while we were talking. So I don't have anything else. Is there mm -hmm. any um trivia for us There's this not. time? Just the oh, trivia okay. about him. Uh. 
being in the credits while not being in the show. Fantastic. Which I stated at the beginning. At the beginning. Yeah. Um, so with that, uh, you can email us deathandaliens at gmail.com. Find us on all the social media at death and aliens. You can find me at cecloud13. You can find me everywhere at E-M-K-A-Y underscore superstar. And come back on a Sunday while MK is in LA. And No, not yet. Not yet? No, it'll be next Thursday's episode okay, is when I'm gone. We'll be recording them when this comes out. Um, yes. And listen to our season three, episode two of Stargate SG-1 episode. We'll see you there. Bye. Bye.